Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recover Your Soul. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. And if you're new to us, welcome to the Recover Your Soul community. And if you've been with us for a while, I'm so thankful to have you back with me again. And I also just want to thank you for sharing this podcast with others that you think that it could benefit and that are interested in listening to the solution of soul recovery. So I have been thinking a lot about the powerlessness that is spoken about in step one. And being both an alcoholic and also somebody who was an untreated Al-Anon, a control addiction of other people's behavior, a codependent and needing everything else to intertwine in some sort of way that would make me feel more comfortable. And there's so many aspects of my recovery. And that's what I share with you. And if you don't have an active addiction, I hope that you can learn something with these tools, these soul recovery tools to take with you in your spiritual basket that are going to help you move forward to improve your life and find a happy and healthy life. When I think about step one, which reads, we admitted we are powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. And as an alcoholic, I'm coming from the perspective that I finally, after 40, how old was I when I stopped drinking? 48. I took a long time to admit that I was powerless over alcohol. I could tell you that my life was unmanageable, but I spent years and years and years from basically the first time I started drinking at 16 years old 
trying to convince myself that I could control it, that I could do it a different way, that I could do without it, then I couldn't do without it. And in the end, at the end of my drinking, I had pretty much given up. I had pretty much decided that there wasn't hope for me. And looking back, I can see the desperation that I felt. And as an Al-Anon and codependent, I don't have control over anybody else's recovery. My husband's an alcoholic. My kids are addicts. I have other people in my life that I care deeply about who also are addicted. And in our family, it's mostly alcohol, but not exclusively. And I can't do anything about that. And that powerlessness that I feel sometimes is completely consuming. We are devastated by other people's behaviors. We become consumed in wanting to control other people's behaviors. And I was consumed with my own personal obsession with managing and trying to control my drinking. So when we come to this powerlessness, I think that it is so valuable to take this step one concept and apply it to your life as you're working on your soul recovery. Are you the addict? Do you live with an addict? Did you come from a family of addicts? And that addictive behavior can be alcohol, but it can be many other things. I actually wasn't raised by alcoholics. My parents didn't have substance abuse. But if I look back, some of their independent behavior came across in some of the same ways of teaching me to be good, to be quiet, to follow the rules, to not push too hard. They both were okay, but I've had to deal with them in my life. When we look at this powerlessness, it's broad. We can apply it directly to the alcoholic or the addictive behavior, but I think when I look out, it applies to everything. I'm powerless over how somebody drives on the street. I'm powerless over how my government is interacting with each other. I'm powerless over what people think about coronavirus, whether they want to be vaccinated, unvaccinated, whether we have this thinking that's happening in the schools, that thinking that's happening in the schools. There's so much divisiveness. And so there's a part of us that wants to latch on to our power. And we want to latch on to our power to make somebody else behave and do and fix and think and be like we want them to be. But we don't have control of that. As a matter of fact, if we're an addict, we don't even have control of our own behaviors. And then to really admit that that desire for control, that desire for power outside of ourselves, is creating a life that's unmanageable for us. Even if we don't have an addiction currently in our life, or we aren't living with somebody currently who has an addiction, we still can come from this perspective where it was in our life and we're still behaving from the patterns that we learned to cope and to survive during those times. And it's through soul recovery, it's through 12-step, it's through this personal development, spiritual development, spiritual awakening that we can open up and broaden ourselves 
to start to change. And not change on the outside, but change on the inside. We get so preoccupied with everybody else. We get so preoccupied with people's behaviors or thoughts or what they're saying on the internet or what Twitter is saying or what the news is saying that we forget to turn the attention to ourselves. We forget that we have to choose our own happiness, that we can have people in our life who are actively unhealthy, people in our life who are actively sick. And even if somebody isn't drinking or isn't doing the addictive behavior, if they haven't found a solution that fills in the gap and gives them a place to put that energy, a place to connect, a place to heal, a place to have gone through and dealt with the darkness that lives inside of us when we are unhappy, and that's generally why we have addictive behaviors is because we're unhappy and we're looking for outside filling up of that void, then we don't have any solution. We don't have the addictive behavior, the drinking, the controlling, the codependency, whatever it is, we just feel untethered. And the truth is, generally, even more control starts to happen in those situations because we're not turning to higher power. We're not turning to a source of light that comes back to ourselves where we are choosing our own happiness. We, as addicts, we can choose whether we want a different life. I can't tell you how many times I had people who were concerned about me that I cared about, and they would say something about my drinking. And what it did was it made it so that I would be more cautious around those people to hide it better. And I also have to be aware that I didn't create or cause my husband's alcoholism or the addiction in my children, even though they have the genetic gene for addiction, they make a choice every day of their lives whether they're going to follow that path or whether they're going to choose a different path. And no matter how much I personally worry about them or put energy into wanting to change them, I can't make them learn to love themselves enough to want to do something different. And when I did the big step of really deciding, it wasn't actually when I came sober this time, it was, it was after that. I think you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, Rich was the one who really wanted us to try sobriety again for this now period of recovery, of my recovery. If you listen to the podcast that came out on the 28th of January, the bonus Friday podcast on the subscriptions... Rich tells his story that he hasn't been consistently sober. Well, for me, that is not what I wanted for us. And it's been a really powerful example that my recovery is my recovery. And what Rich does in his recovery cannot reflect or be codependent on how I do my work. But it's, it's been hard to make that transition We've been together coming up on 30 years in July, and we've been drinking together for 30 years. That's how we connected. That's how we had fun. That was a big piece of who we were. And as we unraveled 
that part of our relationship, we've had to rebuild a different part of our relationship. Well, I had an idea of what I wanted to that to look like. I had an idea of what I wanted his recovery to look like. And when he let me know last fall that he had been drinking on and off for six or seven months, I was surprised that I wasn't angry. I was hurt that he had kept it from me. And that's a real feeling. That's an important feeling to feel. But I had real clarity through soul recovery and through this process of spiritual development that I don't have control of him. I can't make him want this life that to me feels worth it. And it reminded me of how strong the addict is and that coming up on four years of continuous sobriety, it has gotten easier and easier for me to do without the drink. And as a matter of fact, I don't want to have to obsess like I did like that ever again. And I don't want to obsess about how rich does his life like I used to ever again either. So when I start catching myself wanting to take that power back and having the awareness of the powerlessness, I am powerless over the step says alcohol. I am powerless over everything outside of myself. I personally am powerless over alcohol. I know that I could start drinking again and probably not immediately go back to how I drink in the end. But alcoholism is a progressive disease and it is insidious. And if you are genetically or like me, learned it all by yourself, it will consume you one step at a time. And so that alcoholic demon that was raging in me at one point has gotten very small and quiet, but it never goes away. So I work incredibly hard daily by doing my spiritual practice, by having time of meditation, time of contemplation, time of filling myself up with spiritual stuff, spiritual reading. I am just feel like I'm thirsty for spiritual knowledge. I journal every single day where I, instead of my journals where I used to spend a whole bunch of time complaining about how everybody wasn't behaving like I wanted, this wasn't the life that I wanted. My journal just the other day when I was really touching that place in myself that felt the hurt of this journey that Rich is on and knowing that just because he came clean with me last fall and that he has a desire to not drink, that doesn't mean that he can do that. That's, that's his work to do. So as I was journaling about it and I was feeling that feeling of myself, it's a, a little bit of grief of a life that I have envisioned. What I felt was this deep compassion for another human being who has to walk this very painful journey of the demon of addiction. And that the only thing that I have control of is myself. And that what I really want, and what came out of this meditation and journaling was, I really want everybody in my life, whether it's my husband, or my kids, or my friends, or my coworkers, 
to have the safety to be themselves with me. And sometimes that means that them being themselves means that they're not well, that they're having a hard time. But it doesn't mean that I have to personally get emotionally involved in that journey and have that override me and my journey and my spiritual development and myself. And as we kind of joked in the podcast, Rich and I, if he makes a decision to really go back to drinking again, we're going to have to revisit our relationship. It may not work for me. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to control him or put down a ultimatum that says, if you do this, I will do this. Because the truth is, I don't want to live like that anymore. I did that to him before. And what it did was it just made him a dry drunk. And so when I look at myself and I say, how am I as an alcoholic? My alcoholic needs to stay vigilant needs to not rest on my laurels, needs to make sure that I am taking responsibility for myself and my decisions every day to stay away from substances. And would I love to check out? Hell yeah, I'd love to check out sometimes. Sometimes life doesn't feel all that great. And although I would say 90% of the time now, I am pretty darn happy in my life. That 10% is dark. And I used to really think that the checking out was helping. And I can see really clearly now that it wasn't. And I can also see that the trying to control my husband and who he is and how he behaves and whether he's in recovery like this or like that isn't helping either. And he has changed dramatically by doing his own version of soul recovery. It looks different than mine. And I can tell when he is kind of spun out, just like I get spun out. But I need to let him find his own way. And I'm finding my own way. And just like I actually don't want him to tell me how to be or who to be or how to do it, I need to not tell him how to be, who to be, and how to do it either. And the insidiousness of the obsession over our own alcoholism or somebody else's alcoholism is painful and really a hard struggle. But when I was able to really surrender into the powerlessness and stop the fight, that's when my healing began. That's when the soul recovery began. That's when I was able to be ready to do the next steps. That's when I was ready to do this work which turns the attention back on ourselves. And the more that I have awareness over my edginess or my crankiness, I can see that it's because I want something else to be different. And I've also gotten a lot better at my own boundaries because it doesn't mean that we turn the attention on ourselves so much that we allow other people to have behavior that is unkind, inappropriate, unhealthy, and generally not okay. We get to decide whether we are going to stand for that or not, but not by making somebody else be different. So I have an episode where Rich and I talk about what's working in our marriage instead of talking about what doesn't work in our marriage. 
And I have to practice that on a regular basis of reminding myself that I get to choose. Am I going to see what I don't like? Or am I going to see what I do like? And really look and see the work that we've done and all of the changes that have happened in our life for the better and all the communication that has improved. And part of that communication improvement was that my husband was able to come to me and say, I've been testing the waters and I really am not happy with how it's going and I want, I want a life of sobriety. He felt safe enough to tell me that. He didn't have to tell me that. He could have done whatever he was doing and not share that with me. So step one is such a important step and sometimes it can feel defeating but it's really not it's actually really giving you your strength and your power in yourself by surrendering that you don't have control of the outside world by surrendering that you don't have control over addiction or a behavior that is controlling you then you can start to make change then you can surrender then you can open up to the beauty that's available to you. It's so important to do this work with somebody. If you are an addict and you are fresh in addiction, I highly recommend you find a 12-step group that will help you in this process. There is nothing like the support of the rooms. If you are dealing with codependency or having somebody in your life who's an addict, again, there's great groups that can help you with that. Or you find like-minded friends who can help you and support you and hold you accountable and be a good listener and not judge. This is hard for everybody. The person who is sick and is an addict or doing things that is unhealthy, their unmanageability is miserable for them. And those of us who are watching the pain that comes from watching someone you love go through something so hard and wanting to make it be different is painful and challenging all in its own way. So if we can have compassion for each other and really take a look at ourselves and what is the life that we want, who do we want to be, how do we live our best lives, turn that attention to ourselves, sometimes that means that we have to walk away from relationships friendships, marriages, jobs, to get into a better path, to find ourselves in a healthier environment. We are never stuck. We are never in a situation where we can't do better for ourselves or make better choices for ourselves. Every single day we wake up and make choices, and some of those are really difficult. But there's always hope. There's always hope that you can lean into your higher power, lean into the desire to have a better life, lean into the complexity of doing this work, and have a life that is what you want, to be treated in a way that you deserve, to be loved in a way that you deserve, to love yourself in a way that you need. And when we let go of the demons, we can find the love for ourselves. I practice this step every day. Every single day something comes up where I realize I'm trying to take the power and control somebody or something. So I work this step every day. I hope it's useful to you whether you have an addiction, you're working with someone who has an addiction, or you're just on the soul recovery journey and you can look on the broader scale and see that we are powerless over the world around us. And that when we obsess over it, 
when we try to control it, our life becomes unmanageable. I hope this has been helpful to you. It's helpful to me. And that's why I share. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening, and I hope this episode offered you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. If you'd like some support and encouragement with your soul recovery, book a coaching session with me. When you're ready for change, it's amazing what can be done in just a few sessions. There's never any long-term commitment. This is your personal journey, and I'm just here to be a guide and assist you in connecting with your fullest and happiest self. Visit the website, recoveryoursoul.net, where you can find more about me, Rev. Rachel, book your spiritual coaching sessions, subscribe to receive email updates, and even listen to some of my original music. We thank you for supporting the production of this podcast by donating on the homepage or subscribing on Apple Podcasts or becoming a Patreon member. When you become a member or a subscriber, you're going to receive an extra bonus episode each week, and your support is really appreciated. By following, subscribing, and reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform, you're helping to spread the Recover Your Soul message. We hope that you will follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and even join the private Facebook group to become part of our transformational community. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.